The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Set aside two hours tonight for your waiver claims. I think I will spend more time tonight on waivers than I did each of the previous two weeks combined. Jamie, I am overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. I can't deal with it. There are too many players I want to add this week. It's a good week. You know, it's a uh, it, it's a week where we have you know uh, certainly a, a potential. Uh, starting option at running back with with David Montgomery out and Damian Williams available and uh, you know over what is it? Uh, it's like eighty four percent of leagues. He's sixteen percent. Yeah, I had to go roster. double check because I'm in the throes of, of writing this. Um, <laughs> it it's uh, it, it's great, you know. And there are other guys that you could add at that position. Also, there are a lot of wide receivers available. There's some good tight ends uh, that that could be starting this week. There's a couple quarterbacks if you need some streamers, uh, DST and kicker streamers always, but. Um, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how fantasy managers have managed their fab budget because between Elijah Mitchell and Chuba Hubbard, you know, there's probably one or two people in every league that is is near empty, and so how creative will those managers be in trying to fill some holes if they need them? Dave, will you do my waiver claims for me tonight? Absolutely, Adam. You are a great friend. <laughs> you are a true hero. I admire your hard work. I respect you as a husband and a father. Oh. Uh, it's going to be the usual fee of $2,500. <laughs> per league. Uh, you know, there are also some players that are out there that maybe you don't need them, but you might might not might not want to leave them on the waiver wire, David. I'm thinking at quarterback, you know, maybe Justin Fields or Trey Lance or Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold or something. I mean, if you're good at quarterback, and you probably are because most teams are good at quarterback, are you even looking at these guys? You might if you want to start looking ahead to your bye weeks. That's you know, we, we, we talked about it with Sam Darnold. I think it was as recently as last week that if you've got Lamar Jackson, you might be interested in getting another quarterback anyway because Lamar Jackson hasn't been awesome. But you can get Sam Darnold, who I believe has an outstanding matchup the week that Lamar's on by. There's, you know, every quarterback's going to have a buy no matter who you got. So you could plan ahead a little bit and get some of these quarterbacks that are out there while uh, while they're still relative. The only one that's going to be, I think, in high demand is going to be Lance. There's just a lot of hype around him. But other quarterbacks that are out there, Jones, Matt Ryan, Taylor Heineke, I wouldn't say they're going to be too popular. You might be able to get them with your second, maybe even third waiver claim. And you shouldn't have to spend a ton of fab on those quarterbacks. Okay. Every quarterback to face the Cowboys this year is thrown for 300 yards. That will be Daniel Jones's matchup this year. Yeah, I week. changed the order since I sent it to you. Jones's should be second after uh, Trey Lance. I got an issue with who's first for you, by the way. <laughs> with Lance? Yeah. Why? Because he may not start? Well, one, he may not start. Two, they have a bye in week six. And three, he was awful. Throwing the football. I, mean, I don't care that he's terrible. awful throwing the football. I care about his fantasy production, and he got you 24 points in a, in a half. Uh, 
with 41 yards rushing. So that's coming in with no game plan. I don't know how much you've read about the 49ers and, and, and how they were kind of thrown for a loop a little bit uh, with how that game went. So full game plan with Kyle Shanahan with a bye week coming up with a potential extended absence, which we don't know. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo may play this week. You know, the, the situation has changed a little bit. But this is the long-term play as opposed to just necessarily the short-term play. Well, so that, if he becomes the starter for any extended period of time for the 49ers, he's going to be a very good fantasy quarterback. But that's the thing. That's but why I, I do like, care. I do care about the way he throws the ball because that affects the long-term. I mean, sure, if right. he plays and he runs a lot, he might be able to score some fantasy points. But if he's not throwing the ball well and he was lucky with the 76-yard touchdown catch that made most of his day, if he's not throwing the ball well, he's not going to supplant Garoppolo, I guess. that's. It's not about supplanting Garoppolo. It's about if Garoppolo misses time. And so if you're just looking at it, yeah, you could say Jones has been better. He's had one dud game so far this season. You know, you could say Jones is the best one. Add Heineke's got three starts. He's been 23 or more fantasy points. But it's also about who's available versus what you're looking at and, and, and the long-term situation. For me, I think Lance has the highest ceiling. Well, it's hard to argue with the ceiling call. Um, Dave, did, I'm sorry, did you want to get in there? I, I thought Lance actually made some good throws. There were definitely some bad ones. He was off target a bunch. And yeah, I guess he got lucky on that long throw to Debo, but you got to give him credit for recognizing it. He was looking in the right place and reading the right part of the field, and he made a good throw on that play. No, he didn't. He underthrew it by like five yards. It was it didn't, didn't it wasn't really by matter. Five yards. It was pretty bad. Was so bad. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely underthrown. It could have been a better throw. Uh, there were a lot of throws I'm sure he wished he could have. The Kittle, he, Kittle should have had a I, touchdown. That was a bad throw. Wrong shoulder. That was a bad throw. That was one of several. I think I charted him for four bad throws in the game. Look, Ooh, I, I, I think if Lance is the guy long-term, that's gravy for your fantasy team. The way I look at it is that all these quarterbacks you should view as I'm streaming the position, I'm looking for a boost at quarterback, maybe I'm stashing Lance for rest of season just in case. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't look into it saying, yes, Trey Lance is definitely my solution for week seven and beyond. I, I think any of these quarterbacks you're looking at as a solution for week five and really week five only. Okay, and, and I think you just, you know, even if you don't need a quarterback, you might not want to leave a potential fantasy game changer on the waiver wire if you have an empty roster spot put in a claim. Uh, let's talk about the top waiver wire priorities because Damian Williams is, is most likely going to be number one. In a lot of leagues, we don't know the extent of David Montgomery's injury, but he's going to miss some time. So, Jamie, who are the top priorities this week? Um, I would say after Williams, Samaj P. Run would be two, um, just with the chance of Joe Mixon missing any time. Now, first, uh, the ESPN report was week to week, and then Zach Taylor came out on Monday and said day to day, so he could play in week five. But uh, we know Joe Mixon had the foot injury last year. It was he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back. And then it was 10 games and he missed the rest of the season. So you just have to take that into account with Mixon and maybe what his pain tolerance is. Um, after that, I would probably pivot to the receivers. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, as we saw with DJ Chark going down on Thursday night against the Bengals, had a big game and he's available in 40% of leagues on our site. So he would be the top priority at the receiver position. Um, and then it's sort of depending on if you need somebody for this week or if you're looking long-term. For this week, I like Devontae Parker second because Will Fuller's out taking on the Bucks. We saw a spike in targets for him last week, and we know they're going to be throwing. They can't run on Tampa Bay. So Parker seemed to have, you know, whatever for whatever it's worth, a good connection with Jacoby Brissett, and you know Tua's coming back. So however long Fuller's out. And then uh, I would say after him, you can either go look tight end if you want to go Dawson Knox um, and just what the you know production has been through three weeks. Or if you want another wide receiver, it's 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 hard to overlook what AJ Green has done for the Cardinals and what maybe because is going to continue to do. Dave, your priorities this week? 
Uh, it's the top two running backs that Jamie said. I agree 100% on Damian Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. I, uh, I did not come in with Chenault or Parker at the top of my receiver list. A.J. Green was at the top. I just like the target volume that he's been getting. He's been steady, and I think Arizona's not really going to change their ways. Their offense has been what it's been. Kyler Murray's having a great year. I I can't I can't exactly say that AJ Green is going to be the number two receiver in Arizona, but I think he's going to be a good component and somebody that fantasy managers can begin to look at as a potential starter. Uh, three receiver leagues certainly as a flex, definitely as a bye week receiver, and I don't think we can ignore what Kadarius Tony did. And certainly the playing time has gone up for him, played over seventy five percent of the snaps against the Saints. I am worried about what happens when Sterling Shepard comes back, when Darius Slayton comes back, but man, he is. He is a house of fire out there on the field, getting a bunch of short area targets and making dudes miss on his big play. He made four guys miss on. He's just he is a he is a jitterbug out there. And as long as he continues to get targets while Shepard is out, he's somebody that I think could go right to lineups, too, especially in PPR leagues. Fun receiver on the Giants. And with Daniel Jones playing well, I could see him continuing. Um, I would probably I would tentatively put those two ahead of Chenault and Parker. It's interesting because Green's only getting six targets a game. He's getting a ton of uh, red zone and green, a ton mm-hmm. this early in the season, uh, red zone and green zone targets. He's uh, among the leaders in both green zone being inside the 10. So that's good. But uh, I guess my concern with Green is that Christian Kirk just had such a bad game. Uh, Rondell Moore had his big game in week two. And, you know, he's been bad. It just, it just feels like kind of like the Buck situation. They're going to take turns having bad games. Even Hopkins appears to be in that mix. Oh, yeah. Hopkins has had a bunch of bad games. Yeah. When's his turn, Adam? It, who's? Hopkins? Hopkins. It, well, he had two touchdowns in week one. Weeks three and yeah, four, he had bad it, games. Five now. It's his turn. He's got to get some catches. Oh, his turn to be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's Chenault. had enough time in the well. He's got to get out of there. Chenault's facing a team that gives up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this week. That'd be Tennessee. They just allowed 12 or more PPR fantasy points to three different Jets wide receivers. So that's the case for Chenault as well. Let's not forget about yeah. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan coming off a big game. All right, a lot, a lot of players to talk about. Hunter Renfro. Man, the Bears have been so bad against slot wide receivers. Renfro's been pretty involved. Uh, it's, it's a really exciting week. I, I want to ask you more about... Oh, and by the way, I just want to mention this just in case we forget. Check on the Patriots DST at Houston. They're like 72% rostered or something. I was able to pick them up last Sunday uh, in a couple of leagues. Uh, so they might be available. But, yeah, they're obviously going to be a priority. They're facing the Bucks in week four. A lot of people dropped them. But Damian Williams versus Pirine. This is an easy call to go Williams over Pirine? Yeah, because you have the long-term potential and probably the better player. You know, So um, the, uh, the average touches for each starter on those teams is about the same. Um, in terms of what they've given you now, Montgomery left his game after a 23 carry game and, and Mixon played, played longer, but only got 16 carries in his game. Uh, I just think you look at what uh, the, I don't know how much the bears would trust Khalil Herbert as much as maybe the Bengals would trust Chris Evans, you know, so you could see Evans and, and P Ryan working together more so than Williams and Herbert working together. Uh, I just think Williams pedigree speaks for itself. Um, what he did in Kansas city and, and, and even what he's shown you in Chicago the only thing I think you can maybe be a little concerned about if you were to, if we were to find out that Mixon is missing an extended period of time is Tariq Cohen's eligible to return in week seven. And what role would he have as long as Montgomery is out, you know, but Williams looks pretty safe at this point to me. Have you read any reports on Cohen being ready to go? 
No, but I'm sure that's going to come up. You know, I can't imagine that the Bears writers aren't going to ask anything about, you know, where's Tariq. Because Matt Nagy said we're not going to, they're not going to give an answer on Montgomery until Wednesday. So I'm sure that's a natural question that'll be asked. Where's Tariq on his recovery? Yeah, true. And the cherry on top to what you just said is that Williams gets the Raiders on a short week. Piran gets the Packers. So better matchup in week five for Williams as well. There were only three games last season the Bengals played without Joe Mixon and with Joe Burrow, and that is not including the game that Burrow left with an injury. Giovanni Bernard had two huge games, and then the third game he split carries evenly with... Uh, with, And they lost 36-10, to and they barely ran the ball. He split carries evenly with Samaje Pirine. But I didn't even look at the games without Burrow. Their offense wasn't... Well, Pirine had, if you're just looking at it, he had three games last year with at least 10 carries. Yeah. And he had a, a 10 PPR point game, a 5 PPR point game, and a 29 PPR point game. And the 29 was uh, week 16 against Houston. So, you know, it's uh, it's hard to say he's going to have a, uh, an instant impact. Um, as Dave said, the matchup's not easy. The Packers' run defense has been really good. The Raiders' run defense, not so much. They've allowed a touchdown in every game to running back so far this season, uh, six on the year. So Williams to me, feels like uh, uh, you can pick him up and start him this week. P. Ryan is more of a flex play. But comparing to Eli Mitchell and Chuba Hubbard, I think on this show we were definitely saying go get them, but don't spend all your fab on them. Uh, I'm more excited about what I, I mean, Are you guys more excited about Williams? Is he the most exciting running back on waivers? This week? No, I mean, just in general. I mean, for, from a season-long perspective. Now, here's my concern. He looked horrible in the preseason. He did almost nothing in the first three games of the year, and his good game was against Detroit, and they obviously are one of the worst defensive teams. So I don't know how good he is, and we know that you know that Bears have some problems up front and whatnot, and they have offensive problems to begin with. But I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a pretty big workload coming, and uh, I'm I'm excited to add him more so than I think I was than Mitchell and Hubbard. Well, I I think with Mitchell, you know, I. I want to be careful what I say here because I know we were telling people, you know, use your fab, but don't go over the top with it because we didn't know what was going to happen with Sermon. Right. Um, and at the time, going into Tuesday, we didn't know that Mostert was going to be out for the season with also Jeff Wilson looming. But at least you could have seen a clear path to the starting job for Mitchell for whatever period of time he was going to get it. Yep. Hubbard, we knew that we are, we know, at least we hope that McCaffrey's coming back soon. So it was use your fab if you need him for a week maybe two weeks based on the reports, but understand that it's not going to be a season-long thing if, if McCaffrey's injury is reportedly what it was, uh, reportedly what it is. With this situation, you know, you're hearing no ACL but extended period of time, and so you're hoping, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess the fantasy managers that are looking at Damian Williams that have played this game for a while are hoping for the Kansas City Damian Williams, um, the postseason Damian Williams. He's 29. He still has the ability to be a good pass catcher, which I would probably think, you know, not to take anything away from David Montgomery, but I think Williams is probably a better pass catcher um, and, and probably a better pass protector um, still. And so those things will keep him on the field. It's just a matter of, you know, will the Bears be able to run the ball? David Montgomery is a beast running the ball. So whatever he does between the tackles and certainly pushing the pile and after contact, all those things that make him successful, Damian Williams doesn't do those things. So he loses in that regard. You're just hoping for the touches. That's the biggest thing is you're hoping that he's going to get Something somewhere in the neighborhood of what Williams typically gets. And we're talking about a guy, excuse me, what Montgomery gets. And we're talking about a guy that is, uh, I just want to make sure I have it right, is at, sorry, 
I'll find it in a second. Oh, 18.8 total touches per game so far this season. If you tell me Damian Williams is getting, you know, 18 total touches per game, I'm going to start him most weeks. I did see another problem here that maybe maybe I should pull back my enthusiasm a little bit. Now, this week against the Raiders, that like you said, Jamie, great matchup. I think you said six touchdowns to running backs in four games. It's not very good after that. It's Green Bay, Tampa Bay. I'm not starting him there. San Francisco at Pittsburgh and a bye. And who knows? And then Baltimore after that. Maybe Montgomery's, maybe Montgomery's be back. back by then. Who knows? So that so the schedule does scare me a little bit. But how much? But they're fab- also in the middle of bye weeks, though, and people might have choices if you're telling me he's getting yeah. that work. Yeah. How much fab on Damian Williams? So the way that I wrote it was at least 25%, but it's the same thing like we said with Hubbard last week. You know, if you need him, go get him. You know, if, if you're 0-4, 1-3, you know, maybe 2-2 two two in your running back situation's a mess, it's 50% or more. You know, I mean, it's just you, you just have to gauge what your team is, how much fab you have left, and what the league looks like. So it's it's going to cost you 25 or more to get him. Yeah, okay. And then how much for P. Ryan? He's a little bit lower just because we don't know how long Mixon's going to be out. So the way that I said it in the column was 10 to 15%, you know, depending on what your league looks like. He doesn't have the same upside. He doesn't have the same, you know, guy in front of him missing time potentially. Now, if if there is something that leaks out today, Mixon's ankle's worse, um, you know, going to miss week five for sure, uh, then I would put it closer to, to 25%, but not to the same max that you're going to spend on Williams. Dave, what about guys like Chenault or A.J. Green or Dawson Knox? Uh, how much fab for these guys? The highest is going to be Chenault from that group, who, let's face it, he's better than Green and PPR. Uh, probably right around 10% for what could be the leading target getter for Jacksonville for the rest of the season. And I think Trevor Lawrence is playing better. Uh, everybody else, Knox will probably be somewhere in that 7 8% range. People need tight ends, and he's going to be a guy that is going to be popular based on all the touchdowns that he's had. Um I think everybody else that we'll talk about will be somewhere in that five to eight percent range. Uh, if do you buy into Dawson Knox right now? Because if you buy into him, then I think it's reasonable to put fifteen to twenty percent just to, to get your tight end for the rest of the year. If you think he could be that, and I'm not saying he has to be good every week because no tight end is, but if you think he can be an every week starter for you, then spend some money and get your tight end. He is for now, but I don't want to spend too much because all it'll take is two weeks of him getting two catches for 20 yards and no touchdowns, Yeah, and you'll be ready to punt him back onto the waiver wire for somebody else. Right. He hasn't had a 50-yard game yet, so let's keep that in perspective, too. It's a lot of touchdowns for Dawson Knox. And just like at running back, like there are some interesting running backs that we'll talk about later on where you won't have to spend as much fab to get them this week. Uh, Alex Collins... Kyle Juszczyk, maybe. Um, and then at tight end, there's three other names at least that are going to be out there in the majority of leagues that you can spend a cheap fab bid on. Don't forget about Brandon Bolden, Dave. No, six, I forgot about Brandon Six Bolden. catches. How many catches does the guy have to have? They've had a running back have six catches in three yep. or four games. Totally. He's that guy. I hope he's that guy. Uh, well, what would lead you to think he's not that guy, though? I don't know, because Damian Harris played so much and ran a lot of routes. How much work is he going to get this week, just as an example? Well, I I would think he's not going to get much work this week, potentially. But, um, I mean, you know, they had a pretty easy win against the Jets in week two, and and James White still had six catches. Now, obviously, that's James White comparatively to to Brandon Bolden. But I don't think they're going to be in a lot of favorable game scripts based on how this team looks. And Mac Jones is not throwing the ball down the field at all. He's, you know, completing an insanely high percentage of his passes, especially last week. But... This role is tried and true. 
And so if he's in that role, you know, PPR, if I'm stuck, I'm absolutely picking up Brandon Bolden for sure. The Patriots have given up the sixth fewest points in the NFL. They have the sixth best scoring defense, and they've thrown the fifth most passes. Uh, that and they is, can't score more than 20 points. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and everything is so short. So I just found that weird. It's not like they are this ground-and-pound team. They are throwing the ball a lot. I think he's thrown 39 or more passes in three or four games. I don't know that I love Bolden this week against the Texans because, you know, things can— no. But, but long but yeah, term, I mean, right. and he's he's free basically. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I, I'm surprised more people didn't pick him up last. AJ week. Taylor's fumble just sealed the deal for him too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much uh, our fab discussion here. I got to talk to you about something very important. Grammarly. Do you need to write something important? Do you need it to be good? Do you need it to be to be clear, effective? Maybe a presentation at work. Maybe a speech. Maybe you're in school, you need to write a paper, something like that. Give Grammarly a shot. It is awesome. It will make your writing better and save you time. Very important. And go to Grammarly.com slash FFT for 20% off Grammarly Premium. That's what you need. Now, the free version's good, but Grammarly Premium, that's what you need. On the rare occasion that I get to write something for the website, I do use Grammarly. I just type right into Grammarly or I can upload a document and Grammarly provides helpful suggestions. Sometimes it's a vocabulary suggestion. Sometimes it's a clarity suggestion. Basically, how can I get my point across quickly and effectively while using proper grammar and better vocabulary? It's made my writing a lot better and I think it will help you as well. So cut down on editing time. Why do the editing? Let Grammarly do it for you, huh? Uh, And write more confidently with Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash FFT. That is 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash F-F-T, Grammarly.com slash F-F-T. Let's go through the news and notes. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trent Williams could both play this week. It seems Williams maybe a little bit more likely. That's their starting left tackle. And they're at Arizona. Should be a fun one. Joe Mixon, like Jamie said, first he was week to week. Now he's day to day. They got Green Bay, then Detroit, then Baltimore, then the Jets, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Damian Williams is had the thigh injury, expected to be okay, but don't forget about Khalil Herbert, I suppose, if Williams is injured. T. Higgins expected... Actually, good news on the Bengals' front. It looks like they're getting a lot of guys back, hopefully mixing, but Higgins, Jesse Bates, Chidobia Wuzie, all looks like they're trending in the right direction for this Who would have thought game. that Bengals-Packers, big game, week five. Let's go. I, can you imagine how fired up the Bengals fans are going to be for this game? They should be. Who had to sell their tickets to Packers fans like they would normally do? Right. That game last night, man. A lot of Raiders fans there. Yeah. A lot of Raiders Southern fans. Southern California. I know, but I didn't know how the Raiders fans were going to feel about them for leaving. They appear to be pretty loyal. Yeah, they understand. Christian McCaffrey has a chance to play. He has a chance. Let's go. Will Fuller, week to week. He's not going to play this week at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay cannot cover anyone right now. They are so beat up in the secondary. Uh, Logan Thomas, week to week with a hamstring. And Washington starting guard Brandon Scherf out two to three weeks. Matt Nagy said that Andy Dalton is the starter when he's healthy. (laughs) Fields threw terrific balls uh, on Sunday. Just, yep. He didn't run, but he threw. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see, Jair Alexander. This he could have a season-ending injury. One of the top cornerbacks, Packers cornerback. He's going to miss some time with a shoulder injury. Uh, Robbie Gold could miss some time, so drop him. Elijah Moore. Okay, What's that, Dave? 
I said, okay, I will. <laughs> yeah, David and I had a funny exchange over the weekend. He picked up Robbie Gold. I teased him for it, and then Robbie Gold missed missed the game. Uh, well, yeah, he got hurt. When did he get hurt? In warm-ups or kickoff? I, I don't know. Pre-game. I think pre-game? pre-game he got hurt, and I didn't have the time, or I didn't even know. Yeah. And uh, he stayed in my lineup, got a zero for him. Uh, Elijah Moore is going to be out of the concussion protocol soon. Does that affect your enthusiasm for Jamison Crowder? I mean, let's face it. Crowder had had the work, got the touchdown. He's facing the Falcons. Might not be the worst pickup. Uh, Jamie, no. does the Moore return affect that in any sense? I'm going to be surprised if Moore plays this week just because of the game in London, and then they have a bye next week. So why rush him back? This receiving core looked good. you know. And, and even Denzel Mims, he didn't have production, but he you know changed some things for that team, uh, just opening up some things for the guys underneath. So I, I think with what Keelan Cole showed you, with what Corey Davis has been doing and Crowder back, uh, why rush Elijah Moore if he's not cleared to play and cleared to travel? You know, so just keep an eye on that. I think it's more if you're if you're counting on Elijah Moore, you're hoping for uh, week seven and beyond. Give credit to the quarterback, man. Zach Wilson played great. Compared to the offensive line, giving up one sack was huge for them, and just yeah. what what that allowed him to do was fantastic. Zach Absolutely. Wilson not a bad flyer this week at all. Uh, the Titans defense also deserves credit. Yes, very true. <laughs> and the Titans offensive line, they gave up seven sacks to the Jets and they lost yeah. Roger, Sa- Roger Saffold to a concussion. Saffold well. a concussion. Lawan went down during the game. Mm. It's amazing that Derrick Henry's still doing what he's doing. I don't think that these guys are going to miss the game, but Thursday night game, DK Metcalf, Tyler Higby, and yes, Higby, not Lockett. Metcalf and Higby listed as limited. They just had to put out something on Monday. Okay, let's go to our top priorities at each position. Get some more names out there. Jamie, the top quarterback priorities. You, you have Trey Lance one still? Yes, Trey Lance is one. Uh, two is Daniel Jones. Um, hard to overlook what he's done. You mentioned the matchup against the Cowboys coming up. And I thought what was really impressive, Dave alluded to this, with what um, Kadarius Tony did. Kenny Galladay finally had his first you know, productive game. Uh, John Ross made an impact. And now imagine if they get the other two guys back and then if Evan Ingram starts to do some things with what Barkley's doing out of the backfield. So uh, Jones has run for at least 27 yards in every game this season. Uh, so if you want to prioritize him over Trey Lance, I have no problem with that. You know, just based on what he's done, you know, I, I think, and, and I'll, I'll take blame for this, uh, obviously, as, as the waiver wire guy, uh, for maybe giving up on Daniel Jones too soon. I thought he would struggle against the Saints based on how the Saints defense typically has played. First game in New Orleans, down Shepard and, and, uh, and Slayton. And he was a pleasant surprise to see what he did. Obviously, overtime and and take that into account, but um, still 30 fantasy points in New Orleans and one interception on the season. The turnovers have been limited. The rushing has been good. So Jones is fine uh, and fine moving forward, hopefully. And I'll say the same thing about Taylor Heineke. He gets the Saints this week, so we'll see how things go for him. But he's run for 64 yards in the past two games, um, at least 23 fantasy points in all three starts so far. We don't know when Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back, so... He looks like a, a, a guy that could be a low-end starter in, in deeper leagues moving forward as well. All right, look, after we do this segment here, we got to talk about the players who are rostered in 70 to 80% of leagues because they make the waiver wire much more complicated. And because you didn't say Sam, leagues. You didn't say Sam Darnold. And some 12-team leagues, right? But you didn't say Darnold because he's 70% rostered, but that he should be in this discussion. Dalton Absolutely. Schultz should be... Part of the, our discussion, right? Maybe he is if, if available. Maybe uh, Gusecki he, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sure, Gasicki, two good games in a row. Um, so yeah, th- McKissick is in there. Michael Carter, 
Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray, yeah, exactly. So that that is why when I started the show with, oh my gosh, there's so many players. It's actually because there are a few of those that are going to leak through in some of your 12-team leagues, and they're going to make your decisions a lot more complicated. But Jamie says, Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke. I do want to follow up here because you're not as high on adding Justin Fields. So No, why? I'm dropping Justin Fields. Why? Well, because in a one-quarterback league that's not a keeper dynasty format, uh, the Bears are getting ready to drop Justin Fields from the starting lineup. So why would you carry him in that format if Andy Dalton's potentially going to return in Week 5 and put Fields on the bench? Um, and his fantasy production just has not been good. Yes, he's throwing the ball great, but he's not running, which is what you want to see from Justin Fields. He's got nine fantasy points in two games as a starter, nine. So, you know, if, if you're telling me that my choices are between – uh, for this week, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, I'm starting Zach Wilson. Okay. I just think it's an interesting uh, setup uh, comparing Lance and Fields right now. Because, yes, Lance ran a lot and Fields didn't. But I I still feel conf- I still feel more confident in Fields being the starting quarterback before Lance. You know, uh, injury well, that aside. that might not happen this week. Injury aside. But that's, that's what you have to factor in. If, it, if it's not injury aside, I'd rather have Fields. But if it's injury factoring in, one quarterback is seemingly trending in the right direction, and you could tell me Garoppolo might play this week. But uh, based on what he was saying and and just the way that it, it, it appeared, I, I mean, the Bears seem pretty stupidly committed to Andy Dalton, um, and that's going to ruin Justin Fields, I think, as a fantasy quarterback. Okay. Uh, running backs, Dave, top running backs. It's not about the talent. It's about the situation. So other than Damian Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, who are the top running back priorities this week? Alex Collins is next for me. He's available in 95% of leagues. Can't guarantee that he's going to be uh, a stud workhorse anytime soon without Chris Carson getting hurt. But Seattle did not hesitate to use him more than Carson uh, as as soon as the second quarter of last week's game. And he had a little more pop and a little more burst than than Carson did in the game. Seemed to be a better fit with that offensive line that didn't do a great job blocking um, they needed somebody who had like a half step on Carson and Collins was it. And so we could fall into a timeshare here in Seattle where Carson and Collins split. And I know it's it's going to be tough to trust Collins. I don't think you should spend a lot of fab to get him. Uh, he should be among your top waiver claims if you've got Chris Carson and you just want to make sure you've got a backfield taken care of on your team. But there's there's a little bit of potential there. There's a little bit of, of uh, talent to be excited about. Gainwell is behind those three. Um, it would be Williams, Pirine, Collins. Gainwell is fourth for me. Miles Sanders just continues to not get the job done while Gainwell does. He's someone that might be a little bit brighter rest of season than Alex Collins. So if you're thinking long-term, he's a great guy to put on your bench. Um, then the rest of the list are kind of jabronis. Brandon Bolden, Kyle Juszczyk, Malcolm Brown. So why why is it that Jamie and I are feeling Bolden and you're just not? feeling Im- I don't know maybe you guys like look as far as full PPR yeah. bench running backs yeah sure Brandon Bolden can catch five or six passes and get you big deal 30 or 40 yards on top of it all right yeah well, he, he's a he's a modest floor bench running back he is not somebody that I'm racing to get off the waiver wire compared to the other names I gave you ahead of him mm-hmm. like versus Kyle Juszczyk I get it yes you'll get Brandon Bolden ahead of Juszczyk You'll get him ahead of Malcolm Brown because no one wants Malcolm Brown. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fine. Just give give him a little love. Wide receiver, Jamie. Uh, Chenault, who else? Uh, Chenault would be the first one, and to me it's not close. Uh, Then I would look at 
um, Devontae Parker, if you need somebody for this week. And I know, like, for example, we had him as a drop candidate last week, but that was with Fuller coming back and now with Fuller out, you know, uh, you just know the track record of, of Fuller's injury history. So, you know, week to week could be month to month at this point, who knows? Um, so Parker, good matchup this week and uh, good connection, at least it seemed with, uh, with Jacoby Brissett last week. So targets are up for him. Uh, so he would be second. I'd put AJ Green third because I do think that's going to be a little up and down with this production, but it's hard to overlook what he's done. Um, and then it's just a matter of, you know, which PPR receiver do you like better after the after those three uh, with Jamison Crowder and Hunter Renfro? Um, Renfro's been pretty safe, but is he going to get more than 50 yards and you can't bank on him scoring? He has scored in, in back-to-back weeks. Uh, does Crowder have a, a long-term, longer-term appeal uh, in his first game connecting with Zach Wilson? And you know the Jets are going to be throwing all the time because that run game is just so putrid. So um, Crowder, you know, depending on what happens with Elijah Moore, but I, I think Crowder and Renfro to me are in that same category. And then Darnell Mooney, Kadarius Tony, you could throw those guys next after that. So Tony is behind those guys for you. Is it? Because yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't want to trust them until I see Shepard back. You don't want to trust them after you see Shepard back. Yep. Right. But yeah. we don't know when Shepard's coming back. Yeah. I mean, you could add him this week. Sure. Uh, when you see that they haven't put him on IR though, yeah, that means right. we should take at most one more week without Shepard. Yeah, I mean, obviously things could change. Uh, by the way, Darnell Mooney, thank you to Schrager for sending me this tweet. Darnell Mooney has outsnapped Allen Robinson every single game this season. Has he out-targeted every every single game this season? No, but boy, did he outproduce him? Yeah, <laughs> in week four. He's the problem with Mooney is I wouldn't want to start him if Andy Dalton's the quarterback. Because Dalton's not throwing downfield like Fields is. That's uh, one of two ways Mooney's better with with Fields than Dalton. I, did you say Shepard? Shepard's not on IR. No, no he's, he's not. not on IR. That's why I'm saying oh. that it's probably well, he might miss one more week. Like obviously, if they didn't put him on IR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said he was on IR. Yeah. No, if everybody should just look at Kadarius Tony though, because for sure, Dave. What did I what did I say to you before the show uh, last week? About you the, said you were going to spend all your fab on him and buy a jersey <laughs> with I a matching said, jersey for your daughter. I can't say it because people will hate me for it, but go look at the two catches that Kadarius Tony had in week three. He he was good on both of them. And then and then in week four, he really showed up. We got the playing yeah. time. Uh, all right, so Chenault, Devontae Parker, A.J. Green, and then we have a lot more. Op- we have more options. I'll just throw out the names. We can get into them a little bit later in the show, but... Yeah, Mooney is on the list. Jamie mentioned the two slot receivers, Renfro and uh, and Crowder, Tony, Curtis Samuel. I mean, it's you know maybe more of a long term thing, but forty nine percent. Randall Cobb might be getting more involved, and the Bengals have been pretty bad against slot receivers. They gave up seventy six yards to Osborne, ninety nine yards to Chenault. Um, yep, Mooney had a good game in week two. He played twenty one snaps from the slot. I don't know where his production came from, but. Uh, and then if you're in deeper leagues, you could look at Khalif Raymond. You could stash Rashad Bateman. Yeah, yeah, I think he should be on the list even if you're not in a deep league. Bateman? Yeah. Bateman, or, Bateman or Tony? There, there, are more, there are more than 24% of leagues out there. He's, he's rostered in 24% of leagues. There are more than 24% of leagues that have IR spots. He's coming off the IR soon. It sounds like he's got a chance to play this week. But you can add him and put him on the IR spot until he's off the IR and then make a decision on him. But he's he'll he'll be another he'll be a welcome target in that offense for sure. Would you rather ha- have Kadarius Tony or Rashad Bateman? Tony. Oh, the, well, the nice thing is you can have both. 
No, you can't. Until Bateman's off IR. Uh, sure. If I've got this one, scenario, oh, in you're this scenario, you IR can't. Just tell me who you'd rather have. Tony. But it, it, I would like to get Tony, get Bateman, stash Bateman, then table the decision if I can. Yeah, I just wonder if he's already rostered in any leagues that have an IR spot. Why wouldn't he be? You know, it's the leagues that don't have one where you have to make a decision on a guy. He, he There's a good chance that Bateman comes off IR this week. All right, tight ends, Dave. If you can't get Dalton Schultz, if you can't get Mike Asicki, who are we looking at at tight end? Knox is first. He's available in 53% of leagues. He's He qualifies as a touchdown-dependent fantasy tight end. And he's been scoring touchdowns, so I, I think you keep it up. I like that he's been playing a lot with Buffalo. He's a component in this offense from week to week. Zach Ertz is next for me. He's 41% available. This is another guy who is effectively the number two or number three receiver in Philadelphia's offense. He's stuck around, and he's he's playing well, and fantasy managers have to like his production. And then after that, it's Cameron Brait. C.J. Uzama, they're available in over 90% of leagues. I'm not excited about these guys, but they've got a chance to score. In the case of Uzama, he's got a chance to get some decent yardage. And then uh, Anthony Ferkser's got an interesting matchup against Jacksonville. Played a bunch of snaps last week for Tennessee. Ran routes on almost all of them, and he's 91% available. If you somehow miss on the first four tight ends, Knox, Ertz, Brates, Uzama, Ferkser would be fifth. Ferkser had five targets last week. And there have been three tight ends who have had five or six targets against the Jaguars. They all scored at least 10 PPR fantasy points, and they were Farrell Brown, Noah Fant, and CJ Uzama. So there's your Anthony Ferkser stat of the game. And Jamie, which, which DSTs are we looking at? Uh, the Cardinals. Um, you know, you, you said it. Trey Lance did not throw the ball well, and um, they're going to get after him. So we'll see how he holds up under, under pressure. Uh, they're 62% rostered. The Vikings get Detroit. We know how Detroit's offense tends to operate. They're 18% rostered. Uh, the Raiders, if it is Justin Fields or a hobbled Andy Dalton, uh, we already saw what a good pass rush has done to Justin Fields once this season. The Raiders' pass rush, I know, didn't show up last night, but I still buy into it. 16%. And then the Cowboys, uh, I think just based on their turnover potential and what they've done with Trayvon Diggs, uh, they would be next at 35%. My God, how good is Trayvon Diggs? It's great. It's, the Cowboys absolutely destroyed that draft two years ago. Who else? CD Lamb round one, oh. Trayvon Diggs round two. Oh, that's pretty good so far. Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons wasn't a bad first round pick this year. Pretty good, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's how you turn your team around quickly, right into Darnold's face. What about the Falcons DST against the Jets? Falcons seven percent rostered. I think we fell I, for the trap of a uh, bad defense taking on yeah. bad offense once, and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Okay. Um, and yeah, like I said, Patriots, if they're available, would be yeah. high priority. Okay. All right, great. Kickers, Jamie? Uh, Greg Joseph, 25% rostered against Detroit. Randy Bullock, 3% against Jacksonville. I know he had the bad miss, but still, three field goals in that game. Uh, Nick Folk uh, against Houston. And uh, I'll go Trevor Viscayano fourth against Cleveland. Let's spend 10 more minutes on this. Uh, <laughs> Dave, you have any IDP? I'm looking right now. Give me 10. Talk about kickers for nine minutes and I'll be ready. I think Anthony Barr is finally going to play this week. That's my guess. I, I have no idea if he's still good, but once upon a time, Anthony Barr was someone you wanted to roster in, in an IDP league. Vikings linebacker. So um, you, you are obsessed with this. <laughs> I, yeah, well, because Nick Vigil gave you some pretty good production in Anthony Barr's stead. 
But Barr is, you know, Barr in his heyday is a really good player. And right, I, I don't names. know a lot of IDP sleepers, so I just keep going back to the well. <laughs> I got to go sure. check. I picked up uh, White with Murray out last night. I don't know how he did. Oh, is it Chargers? Oh, you're White. I didn't see, I didn't see the... the I, I have Murray in, in an IDP league, and I started... I picked up White just because I was stuck. Uh, seven tackles. That's good. Not bad. No, four ta- I'm sorry, four tackles. Three, three solo. Yeah, okay. that's not so four good. total or... <laughs> four total. He didn't have a great game. Oh, that's not good. No. All right. Quincy Williams. I'm always down for a good Quincy. Uh, he is averaging about 10 fantasy points per game. He had 16 points last week, nine the week before. He's on the Jets. He's on the Jets. <laughs> He'll get a lot of Cordero Patterson this week and Mike Davis too, maybe a little bit. Um, Anthony Brown has given you at least seven fantasy points every single game this season in the Cowboys backfield. Emmanuel uh, Mosley. San Francisco, two games, at least seven points per game. Uh, if Jawan Bentley is healthy, he's questionable for the game against Houston. If he's healthy, I would take him. Yeah, one more. One more. Yeah. Uh, Landon Roberts with, nah, not Landon Roberts. He's not that good. Uh, Aziz Al Shair, linebacker with San Francisco. Seven and a half fantasy points, three of his last four games. He's averaging 7.1 on the year. Appears to be a top 20 fantasy linebacker. And one guy you might be a little concerned about is Jordan Brooks. He is coming, I was reading, coming off the field on passing downs now for Seattle. The the Seattle Seahawks have had enough of their crappy pass defense. They benched someone. I can't remember. I think they started Sidney Jones or they benched. I, I don't know whoever it was. They benched a cornerback. Jones was on the bench. Uh, so then, he may have replaced they, some. They replaced, yeah, he replaced someone. Jordan Brooks, a linebacker coming off the field in, in passing situations. So they made some changes. They've had enough of their lousy secondary. Uh, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we will recap Monday Night Football. We will get the dropo meter out. And we will give you some more waiver wire names if we haven't blown your mind already. But we have to talk about the guys who might be available in the shallower formats as well and what to do with the uh, Sam Darnolds and Dalton Schultzes of the world. We will be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Monday Night Football ended up being an exciting game. Bad first half. It was 21-0 at one point. Uh, Chargers hold on for a 28-14 lead. And the Raiders lost two cornerbacks in the game and somehow shut down the two wide receivers for the Chargers. Uh, Jamie, overall thoughts on the Chargers, I guess. Let's start with them and the bad games for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and the great game for Jared Cook. But anything you want to say about the Chargers? Uh, Isn't it funny how uh, the fantasy gods work where Justin Herbert had those guys playing well? in the first two weeks of the season in terms of Allen and Mike Williams and had bad fantasy performances. And then those two guys have duds and he still has a strong game with 222 and three. He's amazing. Uh, just, just fun to watch the way he throws the ball. Imagine the dolphins taking to a tongue of Ilo over Justin Herbert. That's going to be a decision that this franchise potentially for regrets. 
uh, for a long, long time, and the Card- and the Chargers benefit from it. Um, good to see Eckler run the ball the way that he did, and another tight end uh, that's just above the threshold that has played well, but also had a little bit of an unlucky start as Derek Cook, uh, finally delivering a big game with what he had as the wide receiver struggled. Cook getting uh, six catches for seventy yards and a touchdown. Probably should have mentioned it with the revenge games. Another revenge game taken on his former team with the Raiders. I had no concerns. I'm guessing about Williams and Allen. No, there's been obviously not Allen, but there's there's. I'll take the three game sample size versus the one uh, with what Williams has done and playing the uh, the big receiver in Joe Lombardi's offense, the big slot receiver in Joe Lombardi's offense, the, the Michael Thomas role. It's been nice for him. Yeah, and they they could have had maybe an 80 yard touchdown that. The throw just wasn't that good, but they had a chance for a big play, Herbert to Williams. Dave, you'll take a look at the Raiders here. Carr with his worst game of the year, 17 fantasy points, uh, rallied to give you a respectable game. Jacobs stunk, but he caught five passes. Really no Kenyon Drake in this game. Um, yeah, so start, so tell me about the running backs, I guess, and what do you think about Josh Jacobs going forward? He's on the border of a number two fantasy running back. Once the buys kick in, he'll definitely be a number two fantasy running back. But it still feels like he's a touchdown or bust proposition for me. Might be a good thing. It is a good thing for him that Peyton Barber missed most of this game. If Barber were healthy, I don't know if he would have had even as many touches as he did have. So someone I'm not very excited about. But guy who's got a workload for now, and he's healthy for now, you got to roll with him if you got him. You tell me he's getting five catches weekly, and I'll be very excited about Josh Jacobs. Right, but you know that that's not going to be the case. No, but Kenyon Drake has no role at this point. I mean, they're barely playing him. And so if if Jacobs is going to get typically north of 15 carries, and if he's getting anything north of three catches, that makes him much more attractive than it was earlier at the season coming into the year. I agree, yeah. but I just don't see that being the case. Like we see, we saw it last year. There was like a two or three week span where he was getting targets, and we're like, "Oh, here we go. He's he's getting going." And then they that bottomed out on him. I don't really know what happened with Kenyon Drake. He had at least thirty three receiving yards in each of his first three games, and he had uh, one touch, and he did not even have a catch in this game. So that was very strange. There was there was a well, I mean, obviously Jacob five for seventeen. There was a lot of going left and right as opposed to you know north and south, and. Um, there was a they cut to a picture of Gruden. It was like a third down play, and they or second down, second and long, I think it was late in the fourth quarter, and they threw a ball to Jacobs. And he, he got pushed out of bounds, and you just saw Gruden's frustrated face. And right behind Gruden was Kenyon Drake, just kind of like throwing his arms up in the air, like he's clearly frustrated. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's like, I could have done that, huh? I could have done that. I could have gone nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's 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 been. You could see visible frustration on him when he didn't get the touchdown two weeks ago, and then they pulled him off the field, and Barber scored against the Dolphins. Um, you, you could tell he's not happy and understandably so, you know, you go there to sign for the $10 million and he's not doing anything. Okay. Well, the, uh, last undefeated team, 56 snaps, last Sorry, undefeated Adam. team in football is Arizona. Now with the Raiders, you can cross them off, cross them off then. Okay. Drop o meter zero to 10, Ryan Tannehill, Jacksonville this week. Um, he's in eight. If there are good streaming options, he's a two if there are not. Like, I'm not dropping him for Zach Wilson yet. That type of guy. I would consider dropping him for Heineke or Daniel Jones. Uh, you know what? Give me a second here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the drop a meter in a second. Let's do the shallow league, guys, before it gets too late. Jacoby Myers, Dalton Schultz, Sterling Shepard is now in this category. Um, uh, Sam Darnold. Whoever else, Jared Cook, 
you know, Jamie, who's who's the guy that, let's say Damian Williams is sort of cemented as number one. Uh, no, let's not say that. Who's the guy that might be the number one, number two waiver wire priority if available? Uh, Jacoby Myers, I think, you know, you've seen now back-to-back games. This week's probably going to be frustrating, so just take that into account. But uh, Mac Jones is not challenging down the field. This receiving core, for the most part, is uninspiring. Um, the the I don't know if it was just because of the Bucks' defense and how that team operates, but the trick plays, I think you'll get that every couple of weeks where he's throwing the ball. Um, if the touchdowns start to come, then he could be fantastic. But, you know, anytime you're getting a guy back-to-back weeks with, you know, double-digit targets like that, it's hard to overlook. Are we buying in challenging downfield? I'm sorry, Dave. Are we buying into Dalton Schultz? Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, 15 targets the last two weeks is three games with at least six catches. Um, I know it's not an overwhelming, you know, uh, stat line without the touchdowns, but the touchdowns are hard to overlook. You know, so at a position like this with an offense like this, you know, we're I I I know we're critiquing the Dallas offense and their passing game a little too much, um, understandably so because they're not throwing the ball to the level that we thought. But imagine when those games happen and they are starting to throw the ball and maybe what the target share could be for this guy. So I, I certainly think you should buy into it. And he's got an incredible matchup this week against the Giants who have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in every game except it's always the number two tight end. Uh, so go get Blake Jarwin. Yeah, go get Blake Jarwin. Um, Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, would you add them over Trey Lance, Daniel Jones? Darnold, yes. Uh, Lawrence, I think... I feel like he's in the same category as Lance as a quarterback that I'd really prefer to speculate on. I know, I know, I know with Lawrence, he's going to be the quarterback in Jacksonville the rest of the way. And he's definitely a better passer than Lance. So I think I'd take him ahead of Lance. For one week, Lawrence is good. I don't know if I want to trust him long-term yet. He looked much better against the Bengals, but this matchup's fantastic. J.D. McKissick, Latavius Murray, Michael Carter, if they're available, are they all higher priorities than Damian Williams? Um, no, Murray, maybe you can make an argument in non PPR just because if he is the guy, uh, and you saw 18 carries, you know, that that position, the starting running back position for the Ravens gives you an opportunity for rushing touchdowns. And he scored now in three or four games. So you can certainly make an argument that he's safer than Damian Williams. And if it's not a long-term as in season ending injury for David Montgomery, then he might help you better in the short term. But that's the only one. I mean, even McKissick and PPR, two of his last three games, he scored uh, five catches, two of his last three games. But I just don't know if you're going to get like what we've seen from Naeem Hines. Two good games, two bad games. McKissick's that type of player. So I'd rather take the upside of, of Damian Williams there. Murray is so interesting. Latavius is so interesting because he, he is having such a horrible year running the ball. I mean, to be on the Ravens and to be averaging, I think it's 3.4 yards per carry with a long of 11. That is, it's hard to do that. I, you know, I feel like I could do close to that on the Ravens. They're just that good for a running back. It's crazy. But if he really is the starting running back, he he should be. If he really is the starting running back, he should be 100% rostered. I mean, I think he will be after this week. The fact that Tyson was inactive and he had all that work and has scored. Um, I also think that they'll run the ball better when Ronnie Stanley's healthy. You know, that he's been out. So we'll see what happens when they get, you know, uh, one of their best offensive linemen back. So, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to say Latavius is going to stink like this running the ball, but I also fear that is Tyson going to get back in the mix. Now, they did put uh, Le'Veon Bell back on the practice squad on Monday. They can still activate him again, but they can only activate – they can only do this one more time, uh, activate him one more time. So once he's active again, he can't go back on the practice squad. And so 
what does that mean long term? You know, so do they stash him on the practice squad again? Do they bring you know Tyson back in the mix? Does Tyson have a good game? Uh, that's the fear. You, you know, we get to the the I'm sure in the dropo meter you have Tyson Williams listed. Um, I have him as a drop candidate at running back, more so for 10 team leagues and shallow than 12 team leagues and larger, because if you can carry him, you might want to carry him one more week. But I mean, if if they like Le'Veon and and Jason Lockenfor, our CBS Sports NFL insider, told us on Sunday on FFT that they like Le'Veon a lot. And so, you know, was this just, okay, get, knock the rust off, get his feet wet. We're going to go with the veteran guys and see what happens. Um, it wouldn't be surprising if Le'Veon's in the mix moving forward. Yeah. Maybe we should be I considering rule out them him. making a trade either. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But I just, Latavius has been so ineffective and it's just shocking. Nobody is that ineffective. I forgot who it was a few years ago when Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards had the starting job and then there was someone else. I mean, Alex Collins might've been the guy. No. Who was that other running back on the Ravens? Oh God, three years ago, when in we, Lamar's tenure, in, when Lamar, when they first turned it over to him as a as the starting quarterback, Edwards. It wasn't, it wasn't Gus because Gus been over five yards per carry. No, Gus was really good, but there was a second guy who was still very good at getting his you know eight carries. It had to be Collins. There was one other. Oh, oh, come on! I, I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, okay, Dropo meter. We did Tannehill, Jalen Waddle, zero. Will Fuller. Uh, yeah, Waddle's a zero. Fuller. Fuller, 10. Yeah. Cole Beasley. <laughs> zero. Well, in non-PPR, you could drop Beasley. Five. Cole Beasley is a zero. Rondell Moore. Uh, five. Six in non-PPR. Tyson Williams. In 10-team leagues, five. he's an eight. In 12-team leagues, he's a two. Tim Patrick. Seven. Uh, I'm good with seven. Big names coming up. Brandon Ayuk. In 10-team leagues, he's a 10. In 12-team leagues, I'd say he's a four. I think it was Kenneth Dixon. Oh, it's either call. him or Buck Allen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Yeah, Schrager giving me the names. It was. I'm pretty sure it was Kenneth Dixon. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Juju. Drop him. 10-team uh, leagues, he's a 10. In 12-team leagues, he's a four. As that those are the uh, <laughs> his yards per catch, twelve team <laughs> leagues of four. Robert Tunyon, uh, eight. You drop him for Knox for Dawson. Yeah, Knox? yeah. I mean, they're the same guy. You're, you're depending on a touchdown, and one guy scoring, and one guy's not. Okay, uh, here we go to the waiver wire to see to pick up the scraps of what we have not talked about at quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's much else. So. Let's say you want to take a flyer on Daniel Jones or Taylor Heineke this week. Heineke facing uh, the Saints and Jones facing the Cowboys. And the Saints have been good against quarterbacks other than Daniel Jones, who tore him up. But would you start either of them over Jalen Hurts at Carolina, or Ryan Tannehill at Jacksonville, Carr against... Yes. The, okay, Tannehill, yes. Derek Carr against the Bears? I'd start Jones over Carr. I've got car hire. You wouldn't start him over Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson. No. Right. I'm just looking for quarterbacks that either have a bad matchup or have been a little disappointing. That's the thing with the quarterback position. Right. You know, it's funny because, you know, you bring up the shallow leagues. I'm going to say this probably every week until we get to the buys and there's, you know, some significant injuries. The quarterbacks that were typically, the leagues we're typically talking to with the quarterbacks are 14 team leagues and larger. Right. Okay. And then so Zach, Zach Wilson, Matt Ryan, Taylor Heineke, if you were in one of those deeper leagues, who would you pick up? Ryan. For this week. Does it bother you that the Jets, for some reason, have been really good against quarterbacks? They've allowed two passing touchdowns this year. It's it's kind of weird, though, because Darnold ran for one in week one. 
Then they get Mac Jones, who we know is not a good fantasy quarterback in week two. Teddy didn't find the end zone in week three, but he played well. And then last week it was, you know, Brady just Tannehill. Um, Tannehill. I mean, excuse me. Uh, no, Tannehill no without receivers, receiver. right? And only right. 25 pass attempts for uh for Bridgewater in that game. Okay. Um, and then Justin Fields, Jamie has him as a drop. Dave, do you see it the same way? He's droppable. I wouldn't say that he's a definite drop. Would I trade him in for one of the Lance, Jones, Ryan, Heineke? Yes. He may not start this week, though. It's like, I understand how you could be wanting to pick him up. I, I just, because Trey Lance may not start this week. And then Lance has a bye in week six. So I think the most you're getting out of him before Garoppolo's healthy is one game. And I think if you're looking at which quarterback, now both coaches are saying the other guy is the starter. But which quarterback actually showed something that makes you think the coach might be lying? And to me, that's Fields. Uh, you know, I get it. That's why I that I see the difference. I guess the hope for Fields would be with Laser taking over that he played better. So hopefully that's something that they could build off of. I just I don't know what I don't just don't understand what Matt Nagy's doing. Like <laughs> Dalton doesn't help you. Uh, what about Jameis this week against a team giving up the most points to quarterbacks? Washington. Uh, again, what is Sean Payton doing? Like they have. Jameis throws a touchdown that gets called back and Taysom Hill comes in and takes an hour to load up to throw the ball down the field and he throws an interception. <laughs> like it, it's so stupid. Like let him be. Now I will say Taysom is interesting because if Tony Jones is out, Taysom is a backup running back potentially. And so, you know, what does that mean for, for his fantasy outlook? If you're stuck in a two quarterback league and you, and you need to play somebody if Jones and they don't add somebody else or, or somebody that they like, but let Taysom, let Jameis just play the position and throw the ball close to 30 times like most quarterbacks do. It's just it's just been frustrating. I just we don't see their identity changing. That's why it's hard to like them. We have breaking news. Uh, David Montgomery, knee sprain, four to five weeks. That's a lot, of, a lot of bad matchups in those four to five weeks, plus a bye for Damian Williams. Okay, so with that said, let's go to the running backs. And A.J. Dillon's another guy you could add. He's 66% rostered. He had exactly 26 total yards in each of his first three games, and he busted out in week four. Uh, okay, we got Damian Williams slash Khalil Herbert. We've got Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans maybe is, you know, deep leagues, maybe passing downs back for the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Dave likes Kenneth Gainwell. Jamie and I like Brandon Bolden better than Dave does, but we all, you know, agree. He could give you some PPR floor. Jeremy McNichols had eight catches for the Titans. So totally sustainable. <laughs> well, if, if Brown and Julio don't play this week, where would you rank McNichols at Jacksonville? A flex play in PPR. Yeah, low end flex play. I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to get that again. They they had 93 snaps of offense, according to True Media. So he had to play some. Wow. Couldn't give Derrick Henry all of it. Gamebook had him with 100 snaps. So obviously a lot of snaps. And now they're going to London this week. Or no, they're not. Sorry. No. What's the London the game? Jets, Jets Falcons. They're going to Jacksonville. So, <laughs> you know, eventually that'll be a game in London. Uh, Alex Collins, Dave had him as his third running back to add. So, yeah, I mean, we could see. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. And then, you know, we mentioned Le'Veon Bell could get more work. Jeff Wilson's still out there. Daryl Williams. And that is it. Let's go to the wide receivers. If these three players are available, how would you rank them? Henry Ruggs, Sterling Shepard, Jacoby Myers. Myers one. Um, then the other two are a little bit lower. You know, I, I, I think you look at what um, 
you know, Ruggs is the type of player that'll win you a week, or as we saw last night, can lose you a week if you buy in fully. And um, Shepard, you just got to wonder when he's going to come back. Shepard would be one for me. Jacoby, two if it's PPR. Ruggs, two if it's non-PPR. And Chenault or... I think, you, Jamie, you said you'd have Myers over Chenault. Myers, Chenault, uh, Shepard, if you know, you're just looking to stash somebody. And then... Parker, Parker Ruggs, Parker okay. Green, Parker Green. Yep. Okay. Let's let's talk about Crowder, Renfro, Mooney. Are these just week five options? Are they players you think could? As I mentioned, like the Bears, that's who Renfro's playing. Horrible against the slot. Falcons are horrible against everyone. They've allowed seven touchdowns to wide receivers. That's Crowder's matchup. Uh, Mooney gets the Raiders, who just lost two defensive backs to injury. Uh, so are they week five guys, Crowder, Renfro, and Mooney, Dave, or are they more long-term players or both or what? I think Renfro might be a, a rest of season guy. They, you think of him the same way that you think about all these other slot receivers like Cole Beasley, who have that safe PPR floor in half PPR. He's given you at least 10 fantasy points in three or four games. They cannot run the football. They're going to have to end up throwing the football in the majority of their games. He's never double covered, covered. He, uh, Runs great routes. He's got great hands. I, I like Renfro a lot, actually. Okay. Sounds good. And Kadarius Tony, we talked about. Curtis Samuel. So who's a better stash if you're just, hey, let's play the upside here. Kadarius Tony or Curtis Samuel? It should be Tony. But, again, what happens when everybody's healthy? Like, where do the targets come from? Because you have Galladay, you have Shepard, Slayton will still get a couple of options down the field. Um they got to lean on Tony to some extent because why would you make the first-round investment in him and not play him and not use him? But now John Ross is going to get some some targets and some playing time too. So it just feels like there's going to be a little bit of a target squeeze. The, the upside that you hope for with Samuel is if Logan Thomas misses some weeks, I would hope that they're going to use Samuel as more of an option than Ricky Seals' hoofs for hands Jones. You know, So that's just the way I would kind of game plan it. See, this is a question that I would have for you, Adam. Everybody's healthy in New York. What's their three receiver set the majority of the time? I think Tony might be off the field. Right. It's, so it's who would possible. it be? It would be Galladay for sure, Shepard for sure. And Slayton. Yeah, I, I guess you could move Shepard to the outside and play Sl- Tony in the slot, or you could or you could play Tony on the outside. I guess yeah, look, she- uh, Tony's better than Slayton. But I don't know. I don't know, Dave. And uh, it's a great question. And also, again, this team has a lot of red zone problems. So that's that's the drawback on Daniel Jones, but because his touchdowns were deep balls or you know big plays in week four. Um, well, I mean, since since Barkley's right in the last two games, they have two red zone touchdowns on the ground. So yeah, exactly, and none in the air, right? I don't. Well, I don't know. No. Maybe not in week. Definitely not in week four. Okay. No, Atlanta. They didn't right. score. Right. Other guys here: Van Jefferson, Randall Cobb, Josh Gordon, Khalif Raymond, Jamie. Are you looking to pick these guys up in any of your leagues? Van Jefferson, Randall Cobb? No, these are deeper league guys. You know, I, I think you look at what Van Jefferson has done, and it's been a Robert Woods problem, you know, for what for what uh, uh, Stafford's looking at. You know, and, and I saw some people making the, the comment about Woods on, on Twitter that Goff was better for Woods because he doesn't challenge down the field. Jefferson's better for Stafford because he's more of a downfield threat than Woods is at this point. And so, you know, is that why, you know, Stafford and, and uh, 
and Woods aren't connecting because he's leaning on Hidby as a short area target as well. And you saw Henderson get involved in the passing game too. So I'm, I'm not ready to say that Jefferson's better than Woods, but he's certainly getting a, a, a decent enough opportunity that it's, it's worth a look. Uh, Cobb, like you mentioned, uh, first game without MVS, you saw something different. You saw increased playing time and, and increased opportunity. Um, Josh Gordon is clearly the, the definition of a flyer, you know, because if he has any sort of a role with the Chiefs, you know, they're talking about making him active this week. Why would you not try and stash that just to see what happens? Because this is the best quarterback that he's played with since Tom Brady um, and much more creative offense. You know, so uh, does he does he step in and, and become the, the third option in the passing game? Who knows? I doubt it, but who knows? So there, there are just a lot of interesting names there. Khalif Raymond, you know, has been productive the last two weeks for the Lions. We know what that receiving core is like. So we're, we're getting, you know, into the 14-16 team league range there for these guys. Yeah, and, and the thing about the Titans is, man, so many guys had targets. Nick Westbrook had eight. Josh Reynolds had nine. Chester Rogers had six. They didn't really. I mean, Reynolds was okay, six for fifty-nine. Rogers five for sixty-three. Uh, I, I don't because people might still have to go pick up a, a Titans wide receiver. And I, I would say if you be? didn't pick these guys up already, and looking at the other players who are available, um, those guys are a Thursday, Friday, Saturday pickup type of guys because you'll know the practice reports for AJ Brown and Julio Jones. You'll okay. pick Raymond up before any of them. All right. Tight ends, Gasicki and Schultz and Cook are all of, if they're all available, how would you rank them, Jamie? Gasicki, Schultz, Cook. Schultz, Gasicki, a little bit of a space, and then Cook. Okay. And then we've got Dawson Knox as number one, Cameron Brait, Zach Ertz. And Knox would be third for me behind Schultz and Gasicki. Gasicki. Oh, Same. Okay. Gasicki has a very good matchup. Tight ends have caught 28 of 33 targets against the Bucks, But I just, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is averaging like 200 passing yards in three games. But yeah, but a lot of it's going to him. A lot of it's going to him. He's got, in, in the two games with, with uh, Brissett, uh, at least 16 PPR points in both of them, 18 targets, 15 catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Now, that's an overtime game against the Raiders where a lot of that came in the fourth quarter in overtime. But they can't run. They're going to be throwing. It's it's basically him, Parker, and Waddle. You know they're going to get their opportunities. I don't think they're going to have twenty rushing yards against the Bucks. <laughs> the Patriots didn't. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so other tight ends. Hunt. Uh, yeah, Hunter Henry against Houston. They're thirty first against tight ends. Would you go Hunter Henry or Zach Ertz? I would take Ertz for the long term play. Um, you know Henry did a lot early in that game last week and. Clearly, you saw both tight ends be red zone options against Tampa Bay, but I think a lot of that has to do with Tampa Bay. And then would you take Max Williams or CJ Uzana, Uzama or Mo Ali Cox or Anthony Ferkser? Uh, I would take Max Williams. It's it's kind of going back to what you said. You know, we I, I made the comment when you brought up Dawson Knox after his first touchdown about attaching yourself to a good quarterback and a good passing game. And I said, don't fall for Max Williams because who knows if it's a fluke. Well, this is now two of three games where it's not a fluke. Uzama's in a pretty good passing game, though. The one thing with Uzama is that if T. Higgins is back, then you've got to figure the target share is going to go down. Max is at least getting some targets, but there's going to be there's going to be a huge letdown game coming. I'm not a big fan of any of those tight ends. What about these? Like for me, Knox is is first. I'm not going to write off Braid after a bad game as long as Gronk is out because the ball was wet. He still played the Gronk role. Um, did have end zone targets and and the Patriots. You know, you pointed this out, Adam, going into the week. Like, uh, are are we falling for just the Bucks tight end and and he's not Gronk because the Patriots are really good against tight ends. Um, the Dolphins aren't 
that level of defense. They've been good against tight ends under Flores, but not to the same level. And you just saw Molly Cox catch two touchdowns against them. So I think Brait still has an opportunity here short-term. If you want to go Ertz long-term, I certainly get that. Um, but in terms of Max Williams and, and Uzama and Molly Cox, you know, they're, they're available, at least I'm going to guess, probably one of them, if not maybe all three, in a league like the Scott Fishbowl, you know, which tight end premium. You know, so any tight end premium leagues, you know, you're looking for flex plays. These guys are certainly flex plays. All right. Max is already gone in my Fishbowl league. Uh, Cardinals, DST, Vikings against Detroit, Raiders against the Bears, Cowboys against the Giants. They are getting those turnovers, and that would be it, uh, at least on the low end. And for the fifth time, check and see if the Patriots are available at Houston. And that is it for our waiver wire show. A long one today, but I thought it was deserved because this is this is a really good week compared to the last two weeks for sure. Thanks to Jamie and Dave and to Ben Schrager for all the helpful stats uh, as well. Two other defenses. Check the Broncos. Because we know the Steelers stink. Um, I know they're really beat up, but still. Uh, and check the Ravens. They were dropped in some leagues, too. Uh, Broncos probably were, too, going up against the Ravens. Let me see their roster percentage. Broncos are only 90%. Hey, yeah, I think that's oh, probably... I thought they would have been dropped. I'm sorry. No, no, they, are, they were. I bet they were 100 or close to 100. Ravens are available in 23% of leagues. All right. There you go. We're out of here. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. <laughs>